You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and... I'm sorry I haven't been with you lately. There have been some very tiring days here. Working through them as best I can, but I'm honestly happy to have something baseball-related to talk about, to try and get my mind off certain things, certain ugly internet things, but... That's that's why you're all here. You're not here to, to hear about that or, you know, what's going on in my life or anything like that. Although I do have purple hair now, if you haven't been able to tell, which is cool. But anyway, this episode is going to be dedicated to those hardworking guys at the score who provided the, the fodder content for this episode in which we discuss a pair of hypothetical trades that offer two very different sides of the Blue Jays 2020 coin. And I mentioned this last week um, in an effort to to see what y'all thought of it. Um, Didn't get a lot of responses, which I understand this time. So... Let's just talk about it. I'll get the negative one out of the way first, and then we'll talk about the slightly less negative one, depending on your attachment to certain players in the organization. But um, basically, the score is doing 30 hypothetical trades, one for each franchise. Now, that means 60 trades, so there's potential for overlap And the Blue Jays have popped up twice so far. They've covered four divisions, so 40 trades so far. If they name the Blue Jays again when they do the Western divisions, I will probably talk about it because content is good. But we'll start with the ones that they've done, both involving the Eastern divisions. And we'll start with the Washington Nationals, which... As fans might remember, the Blue Jays had some dealings with them last season. They sent Daniel Hudson over. um, And Daniel Hudson ended up proving to be a very important piece of that Nationals bullpen in the postseason. And in exchange for him, the Blue Jays got Kyle Johnston, um, who was, I believe, I believe they're they're like 27th ranked prospect at the time. But, you know, Johnston, just another righty to add into the mix uh, in the minor leagues. So, you know, for a guy that they signed essentially right at the end of spring training, it was a good piece of business to get a, to get a pitcher who... You know, doesn't uh, doesn't really have a set 
role yet and and definitely struggled in his arrival to Toronto, I believe in six games, he had a, an ERA above 10, which not great, but he is in just his third year out of Texas. He's 23 this year. There's still time for him. Anyway, score figures. Hey, that worked so well. Why not do it again? So their proposed deal has Ken Giles going to Washington in exchange for Seth Romero and Jackson Rutledge. And when I floated the idea of talking about trading Ken Giles on here, I got a response from uh, one of the Blue Jays superfans, Liz, at Biggles14, saying, no, not Kenny G. And I think that does sum up a lot of feelings towards... Ken Giles, since he has arrived on the scene in Toronto, um, the score's reasoning is they were trying to trade Giles last year, which does make sense. That was something that was going to happen. And they aren't really pursuing an extension, so why not get something in exchange? And the two players that they designated from Washington both have pedigree. They were both first round picks in the draft. Um, Jackson Rutledge, 17th overall in 2019. Seth Romero, 25th overall in 2017. Now, I said this had two different sides of the coin, and trading Giles in a move like this would obviously be an admission that the rebuild is not coming along as quickly as hoped. And especially in the two pitchers that were offered up in this deal by Washington. Um, Seth Romero, uh, a 24-year-old lefty out of the University of Houston, hasn't pitched since 2018 because he had Tommy John surgery in 2019. But in his last action at single-A Hagerstown, he had a 391 ERA in seven starts, which, you know, at 22, that's not bad. At a whip of 110, which is pretty nice. The strikeout to walk ratio was 34 to 8, which is also very impressive. But not knowing what he's like after Tommy John's surgery, obviously you wonder about that. It's it's not something the Blue Jays have exactly troubled themselves with in the past, given how, how they were able to get Julian Merriweather in the Josh Donaldson deal. And then um, Rutledge, who was drafted last year out of Arkansas, um, he made 10 starts in 2019 across three different levels for the Nationals. And again, for a guy who just left university, acquitted himself well at 313 ERA and 10 starts, uh, split between rookie, low A, and regular A ball, and uh, 15 and... T- uh, sorry, in 37 and a third innings. Didn't give him enough credit there. 39 strikeouts against 15 walks and a whip below one. 0.991. Obviously, the command is a little iffy with those 15 walks, but when you suppress hits like that, it it bodes well. And And if you take out his rookie performance where he got lit up for three runs in an inning... It, it looks even better, what he did. The the work he did in Hagerstown last year, again, 
makes him look very attractive. But Rutledge and Romero are both still years away. So, like, this isn't adding to that 2021 window. This is more a 2022-2023 edition if they trade Giles for these two pieces. So, you have to wonder what kind of message that is going to send to the team or if that's even the direction they want to go when play resumes. If they get performances out of the team that indicates, yes, they are ready to compete a little quicker than they thought. And... This front office seems to think that. The signing of Hyunjin Ryu seems to indicate they think the offense is further ahead of where it could be. So maybe they're not trying to target these these two younger players who still have a ways to go before they are ready to contribute at a major league level. And it it doesn't seem like that's the direction that the front office would take given what we've seen of them in recent transactions. So that's why I'm a bit skeptical on this. I would prefer to lock Ken Giles down to to maybe a two-year deal, put him on the same kind of timeline as some of the other um, pieces that look like they can contribute to a winning Blue Jays team. But again, I'm not controlling the front office in real life, so my opinions matter what you place on them. We'll have my opinions on the other trade that the score writers made. But first, just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Postmates. Whether you want a breakfast burrito or you're running low on beer or you just want takeout from your favorite restaurant, Postmates can make it easy for you and deliver it right to your door. And that is something we desperately need in these times. So... Postmates makes it that easy to do. Um, I You don't even have to think about it. You can just download the app, select your favorite stores, be they grocery stores, convenience stores, clothing stores, liquor stores, whatever you want. You can just punch it in on that Postmates app, find your favorites, and get what you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving listeners of the podcast $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So to start those free deliveries, you just download that app on iPhone or or Google, however you want to do it. Use the code Locked On and get that $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you get that app. So anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So, as I mentioned before, there were two trades that the score put forward. And since they did the AL East already, that meant the Blue Jays did have a trade of their own. And they shot for the moon. Not going to lie. Again, leaning very heavily on what people know of the front office and what Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have generally done. They again looked to Cleveland and a certain shortstop who may be part of the rebuilding phase in Cleveland given that they did trade Corey Kluber in the offseason. And 
didn't really make a move to replace him. So, in their minds, the perfect target is Francisco Lindor, the shortstop. And it is a hefty package to try and pry Lindor away from Cleveland. The score has Toronto giving up Kevin Biggio, prospects Jordan Groshans, Alejandro Kirk, and TJ Zoic in the deal. So, again, that is a lot to really get give up. I said this was two sides of the coin. This this is the clear other side where the Blue Jays just just look at, at their roster and like, yeah, we're we're just gonna get that extra bat. We're gonna go full Troy Tulowitzki on this and and get a guy who is still very young. He's in the prime of his career. He's only twenty six. He signed for one more year. $17.5 million. He's arbitration eligible in 2021, free agent in 2022. So you can argue that, you know, you want to talk to Lindor before he gets here and kind of maybe work something out if you're giving up this much in capital. Because if you look at the, the Troy Tulowitzki deal, granted, two of those contracts ran longer, but the Blue Jays still only gave up like three pitchers two of whom made it to the major leagues and and neither of them have been, you know, the kind of players you really regret trading. And maybe Jeff Hoffman can blame Coors Field for that, but you're you're dealing Kevin Biggio, who does have a track record at the major league level. You're you're trading Alejandro Kirk, who Blue Jay Sands fell in love with in spring training. You're trading Jordan Groshans, who, you know, you you basically took to get Adam Klofenstein. So maybe you check with him as well. And TJ Zoic, who, as we said on this podcast before, if the Blue Jays are going to start, you know, dealing, they're going to have to start dealing some of that surplus starting pitching they have in the minors. And and Zoic has fallen to about 7th or 8th on the depth chart. So... I can understand parting with him. I can understand parting with all all four of them, to be honest. Kevin Biggio, I mean, he's he's great. He's got such a honed-in batting eye. He plays very versatile defense. But you have to wonder if he can consistently hit. Groshans, one of your top prospects. But if you lock up Francisco Lindor, you're not going to have a need for a shortstop. Alejandro Kirk... There's a lot of catching talent in the Blue Jays system with Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire and, and Riley Adams just just sitting there. So you can part with one of those catchers in order to make it work. And then and then again, if you want to throw in a starting pitcher as a sweetener, I, I get that. But you can't tell me that's worth it for two years of Francisco Lindor. And again... Getting someone of his talents would would take a lot. I you I mentioned the Tulowitzki deal. This is more comparable to the Josh Donaldson deal, where they gave up four pieces in Brett Laurie, Kendall Graveman, Sean Nolan, and Franklin Barreto. And again, you can argue that the four going in this package are far superior than the four that went to Oakland. I mean, 
Billy Bean would argue that, but he doesn't have much of a case. And in exchange, not only are you getting a guy who's got multiple gold gloves, multiple silver sluggers, top 15 in MVP voting in each of his four full seasons, a guy who consistently gets on base, which is something the Blue Jays have a problem doing, is consistently getting on base. And and Biggio can do it with walks. Lindor can do it with home runs. He's cracked 30 home runs in each of the past three seasons. He's a legit talent. And the Blue Jays making this move would be the true sign that they are ready to go. In this in this move, Bo Bichette would move over to second base. He said he's already possibly willing to do that for the right player. And Lindor, you're not going to find a righter player than him. So if, if this were to happen, I think it would completely put to rest the, the notion of the Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins front office is being being unwilling to take that risk. And I know the Hyunjin Ryu signing did that a bit, but they're still like, oh, well, he, he, they're making trades and they're not good at it. I don't think anyone would be able to argue this trade for the Blue Jays. They're clearly getting the best player. And much like in the NBA, when you get the best player in a deal, you're you're doing all right. Granted, you don't know sometimes who the best player is until a few years down the line in baseball. But... If the AL East is as vulnerable as it appears to be with the injuries that the Yankees have taken and the decline of the Red Sox and and the Rays, you know, seem, seemingly being like a machine that just somehow continues to work, but you're expecting to fall apart in like, you know, another 500 meters or so. Getting Lindor would be a huge boost to their batting order, a huge boost to their pitching staff because of the defense he provides, and a signal that they're they want to follow the Raptors and and make that big move and and put themselves in contention again. And if they manage to pull that off, coming out of the the uh, extended pandemic lockdown. I think that'd be a pretty bold way to grab some attention. And I'd be here for it. And I hope you're here for the future episodes of this program because they will be coming. To make sure you don't miss them, follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. And lately it's been dumb in more ways than one. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, however you get your podcasts, you will find Locked On Jays on there. And while you're at it, now that we're nearing the end of this episode, you can tell your smart device, hey, smart device, play Locked On MLB, and you'll get the Locked On MLB podcast with Sully. And, you know, he maintains that sense of humor even through the tough times. So if you if you need a laugh, be sure to check that out. And we'll still be here. You can follow the podcast at Locked on Jays on Twitter and Facebook. And until we talk again, for everyone at the Locked on Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrunacouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. 
and y'all take care. Bye.